0: African Dialogue looking at different events in depth discussing a variety of issues.
1: What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right
2: to privacy of Tiwange and uh, Stephen.
0: The position of Greenpeace is that
2: it's been a disappointing meeting.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Uh, you're on uh, the shortwave service if you're listening to us there on the frequency 7230 kilohertz on the 41 meter band to southern Africa. And remember on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet and you can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za Well, today as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the State of the Nation address which is going to be taking place later tonight, 7 o'clock Central African time. Uh, That is going to be the theme of uh, everyone's uh, conversation in South Africa. I'm sure everyone is asking, we're only a few months away uh, from the elections, what can be actually be spoken about this time around that's going to actually change things in a short space of time. But uh, it may not be a carpet uh, or red carpet affair this year's State of Nation Address. uh, because the parliament has announced that it has cut the budget uh, by 47% from last year, which is a very good thing, because really these guys spoil themselves at these gatherings. Uh, parliament emphasised that the legislature is taking every feasible step to be more uh, really resourceable with the with what's actually happening there, which means less glitz for the important political event. Meanwhile, President Sarah Ramaphosa is said to be putting its final touches to his much awaited speech. Ramaphosa's predecessor faced a lot of disruptions during his sona. So today we're yet to see if Ramaphosa will be subjected to the same. Well, joining us in our studio, we've got uh, Professor Samantha Ashman, who is an associate professor uh, to the School of Governance at the University of Johannesburg. Also, we've got Dr. Ivo Sarakinski, who's an associate professor at the Vitt School of Governance. We've got Dr. Nziyelelo Breakfast on the line. And uh, Dr. Ntigelelo is a political analyst with Stellenbosch University's uh, uh, School of Security and African Studies. Well, it's my first time speaking to Professor Samantha, so let me start with you in terms of uh, what are your expectations for tonight? Do you think it's going to be anything that we should actually heed or take notice of? I mean, it's a few months away from uh, our elections this year. Should we take it seriously or should we just uh, go to bid
2: <laughs> <laughs> well I think Cyril Ramaphosa is an astute politician mm. so he's going to make a good speech sure I think he's going to talk the talk sure he's going to hit the buttons but my my view is he's not going to walk the walk mm. you know we, we all talk about what the the problems are in South African society the question is who is prepared to take the action that's necessary to fix it mm. and address it and that's where I think he's going to fall short. Mm.
1: What do you think the key deficits we will be or have been when it comes to Sarah Ramaphosa so far? I see a man who has kind of a heavy weight on his shoulders, almost trying to reform uh, kind of a legacy of a corrupt ANC. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think you know, th- th- dealing with corruption in the ANC is going to be a, diff- is a difficult job for mm. him because it's from top to bottom. It's very widespread and there's a cynical part of me thinks it's now impossible to be elected to the top of the anc without being corrupt <laughs> so he's probably a beneficiary of corruption himself mm, mm. Um, but it's, i think it's not just the anc that's corrupt when you look at white business mm. big business in sandton i think there's quite a lot of corruption goes on there sure. too when we look at price waterhouse cooper when mm. we look at you know, all the re- all the re- people who look at illicit financial flows mm. put south africa as one of the biggest biggest culprits Mm. in terms of moving money around illegally Mm. so let's not just think it's the ANC that's the only problem when it comes to corruption I think lots of big business have been quite happy to go along with corruption for quite a long time because they do it themselves and they benefit from it themselves. Mm. So tonight what are the key pointers for you? Well, the, look, what are the key issues for economy and society? We talk about them quite a lot. Poverty, unemployment, inequality. Mm. These are the key structural issues. Mm. You know, poverty, 65% of the population on a generous measure. Mm. Unemployment, 40%, in the, you know, in the, in the region of 40%, mm. if you're in discouraged work seekers. And inequality, the highest in the world. So this is an economy and society of extremes. Mm. And that means measures need to, strong measures need to be taken to tackle them. Mm. And the thing is, I don't think that Cyril Ramaphosa really wants to alter that framework of economic policy that's dominated for the last 25 years. Mm. Neoliberalism, to put it to put it simply. Mm. And if he doesn't do that, the things that are driving poverty, unemployment and inequality are going to remain the same.
1: Mm. Well, let me go to Dr. Breakfast on the line before I come to you, Dr. Saransky. Uh, uh, Sarah Kinski. Um, Dr. Breakfast, are you as pessimistic as uh, Professor Ashman? Um, because, yes, reforming the structure of the economy is something that we won't be seeing in tonight's uh, uh, budget, I mean, uh, State of the Nation address. I know we've got the budget speech next week by the new Mboweni, who was criticizing the former Jacob Zuma at the World Economic Forum, which showed uh, really the fragmentation within the ANC when we saw uh, responses from some of the ANC members there. But uh, Dr. Breakfast why should we actually care about tonight? I'm still trying to figure that out.
3: Well the um, the SONA is the, the roadmap of um, government um, it sets the scene in terms of uh, what programs or projects might be rolled out by the government um, of the day so that's why we have to care um, about it. But in the main, I think that there will be two issues that we'll be focusing on at a strategic level, namely uh, domestic issues, underdevelopment, development, uh, institutionalization of uh, corruption, I sure. think he's going to talk about the fact that he' taken a stand against um, uh, corruption. We've seen a plethora of um, uh, commissions. Um, I think also, on a large scale, when we talk about uh, the international environment, in terms of our uh, foreign policy, Um, So we might talk about human rights, democracy, peace, stability, our role on the African uh, continent. And we might talk about the the seat that we are going to hold uh, in the Security uh, um, Council.
1: Mm. Well, in terms of that, what do you think will be the priority areas? What do you think will be addressed more poignantly? Out of all those areas that you're highlighting there, uh, Dr. Breakfast, what do you think ordinary South Africans actually want to hear today? Considering some of the factors uh, that Professor Ashman has highlighted, the big major issue for me where I'm sitting is the high unemployment rate uh, in in Mm. South Africa. And the fact that people are struggling, even those who are working, uh, the middle class is struggling economically.
3: Mm. Well, in the main, I think the, the most important thing is uh, unemployment, poverty, inequality. The triplets or um, the security threats uh, that are posing danger to the stability of um, the country, those are the ones that I think we're going to talk about. And also it may talk about the investment that he brought and uh, how much is still uh, planning to bring um, to the country.
1: Mm. Let me come to you, Dr. Sarakinski. Thank you for also coming to our studios. Now we we started with Professor Ashman, uh, as uh, as pessimistic as I am, uh, not really positive around this particular state of the nation address. I think it's a, a bit of a waste of time looking at uh, uh, the four months or so that we have, or three months or so that we have before elections. And uh, Dr. Uh, Breakfast being more optimistic, then more pragmatic, and saying that these are the issues that are going to be highlighted. Um, What are your thoughts around this particular um, uh, State of the Nation address? Because it positions us in a chasm of sorts because we're still pending in terms of who's going to be taking over the reins uh, in May.
4: But projections and polls are saying the ANC is still popular. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, an electioneering State of the Nation address. Mm. In the past, there have been statements of policy intent and there's been attempt to allocate resources to achieve certain objectives. Um, many of them haven't been achieved and haven't been implemented. But at least the process has been reasonably sound. Mm-hmm. I think we're in for some grandstanding. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see grandiose claims about uh, investment coming in from those summits. Um, the, the 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 kickback is from the financial managers who do the numbers, mm-hmm. and uh, they saying to the the people who who go to Davos, <laughs> they're better investment opportunities, mm. uh, and these are high risk. Mm. And uh, it's not going to translate into the numbers that he's throwing around, these billions and billions and billions. Mm. So I think that that is going to be emphasised how successful these these jamborees have been in pulling investors into South Africa without looking at the actual numbers of, of investment. I also think we're going to see a lot of grandstanding around the Zonda Commission, mm and how Cyril Ramaphosa is positioning himself as the clean-up, the janitor of Mm. the ANC. Uh, And we we wait to see what happens. It was pointed out on social media yesterday that two days before Sona 2018, uh, there was the raid on the Gupta compound. Mm. No one has been arrested (laughs) (laughs) since. And two days uh, yesterday, there was the arrest of the Bursasa crowd. Mm. Um, So it does look as if that there's a... A trend here. (laughs) A trend here. There's a pattern emerging of high publicity, little action. Mm. Uh, Feel good, saying what people want to hear, doing the things that indicate that things are moving in the right direction. But I think it's very hard for him as a leader of a divided ANC without a strong position in the ANC to do the kinds of things that really need to be done. So the election's important, it might give him a mandate to actually become a person of action. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back to all of
1: you because I think it's very interesting. And we we're talking about these with my guests on Monday when we we're speaking around election campaigns. The fact that the, the trend of what's happening right now around electioneering, and I think that's what we're going to get today, the State of the Nation address, as was highlighted by uh, Dr. Sarakinsky, is the fact that it's less of uh, service delivery issues and it's almost now what's been centralized as the main um, talk, themes are issues around the politics, party politics. And that's almost a disruption to what we need to get done as a nation. We're going to come back to that because that's what we're also talking about now. It's almost like having that overarching theme where uh, the politics are not really uh, overshadowing, rather overshadowing the main issues, which are service delivery and governance. Let's take a quick break.
0: This is Channel
1: Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective.
3: Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French, and English, giving you an African perspective.
1: Hi, my name is Chandalun and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are-
0: from Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective.
1: It's 21 minutes past 11 o'clock. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. This is where you get the African perspective. Remember, we're on the shortwave service into sub-Saharan Africa on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to southern Africa. Uh, Don't forget us on DSTV in South Africa and some of the SADC countries. Um, You can find us there on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co dot uh, You can listen to us outside of the continent, even within the continent on that particular platform. Uh, we've started uh, the pace of this conversation looking at the State of the Nation address tonight. We've got Professor Samantha Ashman, Associate Professor at the School of Economics at the University of Johannesburg. Dr. Ivo Sarinsky is also joining us as an Associate Professor at the Wits uh, School of Governance. And Dr. nzigelolo breakfast is joining us uh, in Stellenbosch at the Stellenbosch Bosch University School of Security and African Studies. And uh, maybe I should start with you, uh, Professor Ashman, with that particular topic that I want us to move to. And it seems like, yes, the tonight's State of the Nation address is going to be overshadowed by politics, politics of economics, whether we're referring to Eskom, whether we're referring to these inquiries, and uh, whether we're also referring to the intra-party issues that we've seen in the last few months. How do you think those political issues are going to become a disruption to the State of the Nation address?
2: Well, do you mean people, do you think people will physically interrupt him, or verbally interrupt him? As not in necessarily, years? but also in his speech in itself. Uh, it's not really how I look at it. Sure, I suppose I think, you know, partly because I work on the economy, mm. I think the, the, the thing is, there's, there are winners and clear winners and clear losers in sure. the s- South Africa today. Mm. And what, when I, like I said before, that I, th- I don't think Cyril Ramaphosa wants to change the economic policy framework. Mm. And I think there's two reasons for that, and they're sort of complexly intertwined. One is that. H- like much of the top of the ANC, they're wedded to the, uh, quite a bankrupt ideology of neoliberalism and that markets work. Mm. And we've had 25 years with the market and it clearly hasn't worked mm. in South Africa or in, in many other places. But they're wedded to this idea. And, you know, I'm in e- an economics department and generations of economists are trained to re- regurgitate these ideas. Mm. And Tito Mbwene and will do it as finance minister <laughs> without doubt. Sure. So they're... You know, that's, that's a big obstacle to changing things, that they ideologically are committed to that. Mm. They're also, they are also materially, material beneficiaries of this. Simon mm. Ramaphosa is around a rand billionaire. Mm. Um, he's implicated in the Marikana massacre from mm. when he was, at, you know, from being a director at Lonmin. You know, they sit as winners in, mm. the, you know, this highly skewed, messed up economy mm. and society, profoundly unequal, still deeply racist... Mm they've become the new rulers yeah. and they sit at the top and they're not that you know they they know that politically they have to tick certain boxes they have to address certain issues yeah. but like what i'm saying is they're not prepared to really take the kind of interventionist measures that would really generate employment yeah. that would control the financial sector yeah. now the, one of the biggest problems in south africa with the economy is the financial sector it's huge it's bloated it's non-developmental and it regulates itself yeah. um, uh, uh, is Cyril Ramaphosa going to tackle the financial sector? Has he ever said anything critical of the financial mm. sector? Not a word. Maybe it's ever. because
1: people are more focused on saying that the ANC is moving a little slightly to the left, to because of this land distribution topic.
2: Yeah. Now that's an interesting topic, a very, very interesting topic, and I think land redistribution is really important. And I think, the, but I, I do, I am quite cynical in the mm. sense that I think the ANC are running in an election year to take ground away from the EFF mm. because the EFF lots of faults and problems with the EFF, they have made a dramatic impact. Mm. And they've made a dramatic impact on SONAs with their pay back the money to Zuma. And all the Zondo, everything that's coming out about mm. uh, state capture, rather suggests that the EFF have been right all along, um, mm. uh, I, I would say.
1: Sure. Um, Dr. Sarakinsky, what are your thoughts there, the politics and the the real governance issues competing against each other, and also what uh, uh, Samantha is highlighting, which is very pivotal, the fact that we're not seeing any structural reforms when it comes to uh, the economy of the country.
4: Very tough issues. If, If you go for effective governance and you tighten up and you ensure that Treasury practice notes on supply chain are adhered to by the letter, You close out the patronage networks Mm. that thrive off the abuse of of public finance and public money, closely aligned to factions inside the ANC. So it's a high-risk game to go for uh, a clean effective governance because you're going to make some serious enemies within your own party, mm. never mind the entrepreneurs outside or mm. the tenderpreneurs outside. Mm. Within your own party, you're going to make enemies. Is he strong enough to do that? And I don't think he is. So there's going to be talk about governance, but the politics is going to undermine governance. And this, this has ramifications right through society mm. because I agree with my colleague, uh, Samantha, that uh, the markets haven't worked. There is a need for significant intervention mm. to drive and initiate and catalyse uh, economic growth and social development in in the country, especially in uh, the parts far away from the metropoles. Mm. But if you don't have an effective, clean bureaucracy with technocrats who can do that kind of stuff, it's it's throwing good money after bad, and this is the 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 challenge and unintentionally <laughs> and outside of what <laughs> the, the, the policy maker's ideology mm. is in terms of supporting neoliberalism, mm. at the back of their mind they might be thinking, if we expand the role of the state we're going to open up even more abuse. There's a report now on, on the Department of, of Land Reform and Rural Development. Mm. It's scandalous mm. what happened to the money that was made available for land reform. Mm. It was grand theft. So difficult issues and I don't think that his position in the ANC is strong enough to really go and clean up. So we're going to see papering over the cracks, lovely wallpaper around all these really tough issues, cleaning up the SOEs, Mm. SAA, Mm. Transnet, Prasa. There's cesspools there Mm. and linked into patronage networks. Very difficult position Mm. that he's in.
1: Let me bring in uh, Dr. Breakfast there on the line because I think it is a very complicated situation where we are, especially with the State of the Nation address that we are waiting for tonight. Dr. Breakfast, what are your thoughts around where we are with this conversation? Because it's becoming a bit convoluted because there are all these peripheral issues that are actually weighing over this particular address.
3: Look, I think uh, one of the things that the the SONA does is to create a platform for the head of state to inject some kind of hope um, to the citizens. So, I mean, you you remember last year he launched the the call of uh, Tumamina, mm. and everyone was uh, inspired. But after that, uh, the Tumamina Brigade uh, evaporated. Um, so, I think he, he will try his level best also to uplift, you know, the spirits of uh, um, citizens. But with regard to issues of uh, political economy, um, I think uh, if you look at our government expenditure, it has been increasing year in, year out. Mm. So I don't think that we have been uh, gravitating towards uh, neoliberalism or Rampant um, uh, capitalism. I think the problem is not policy per se, but the problem is with regard to the institutional sectors within the state and um, uh, machinery. So I agree with the argument that we, we, we need to sort out a uh, bureaucratic um, issues if we want to promote uh, development.
1: Are we seeing that now through Ramaphosa? Because, I mean, you're seeing the likes of Tito Mboweni coming back into the fold. This morning when I was driving to work, I was hearing that Trevor Manuel could be included in some panel that has to do with re really looking at maybe shifting things in ESCOM, if I'm not mistaken. So seeing those figures coming back into the fold, do you think that will shift things in terms of uh, realigning that bu- bureaucracy that you're talking about?
3: I think it's still early days. I mean, uh, Ramaphosa did not start his term of office. Sure. His administration is a kind of uh, um, government. He um, took over from uh, um, Zuma. So it's quite difficult to, to assess um, his uh, um, uh, administration. Suffice to say, he is trying his level best, though, um, to bring about a change from, uh, for the better. But, but I think it's quite early, you know, to, to give a, a well-balanced um, critique. And coming back to the
1: issue that we were speaking about around uh, the structural reforms that we need to see in the economy as highlighted by Professor Ashman, what are your thoughts around that, uh, Dr. Breakfast? Because that's an issue of urgency. If the economy continues the way it is, and we only rely on GDP figures to actually sum up where we are as a country, we're also going to be misled because what's happening in the grassroots, in the townships, just in our society as a whole and how our mill income uh, income uh, group is actually also struggling, we're also going to see uh, this particular issue ballooning.
3: No, I think that, that, that's one of the problems that we have, uh, mainly class um, contradictions, you know, yeah. the gap between the and um, the have not been uh, widened um, day in, day out. I think we, we are raising words in terms of unevenness um, uh, so, or um, uh, um, disparities. I think I don't know what is the way out. You know, there is no single uh, bullet um, Suffice to say we, we we need to come up with reforms that can pull out uh, the poorest, the poor from the quagmire that they find themselves in. But the the notion that if you grow the economy, there will be down effect. I think that model of development um does not work. So they need to come up with something. Uh, that can uh, address the issue
1: of uh, inequality well are we not being hard on our president maybe that's the question I'll ask when I come back after the break he's just been around for a a few months for a year and a few months Uh, is it something that we should start rethinking, giving a guy a chance maybe uh, finding some a little bit of goodness in him maybe? Uh, maybe through these establishments of the commissions, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel, maybe we'll look at that after the break
0: Join Channel Africa today as we bring you live South Africa State of the Nation address. The address to be delivered by South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa will be live from 1900 hours Central African time. Remember, from 1900 hours Central African time, a live broadcast of South African President Ramaphosa's State of the Nation speech. The live broadcast will be on Channel Africa, Shortwave, DSTV Channel 802, YouTube and Internet. Channel Africa, bringing you the state of the nation address from an African perspective.
1: Well, we're going to be broadcasting uh, the State of the Nation Address live tonight, so do check it out at 7 o'clock Central African time. I don't know, maybe I'll be dozing off. I'm not quite sure if I'm really interested, but maybe because I've got this obligation of being doing my job, I need to check it out. But. Maybe we're being too hard on uh, Cyril Ramaphosa um, coming to, to you, um, Dr. Ivo, because when you look at some of the promises he made historically, um, I'm, I'm looking at this Africa Czech article that I was looking at yesterday, where it says that uh, South Africa's President Ramaphosa kept his 2000 and State of the Nation Address promises, some of them. The Job Summit, he promised that that happened. Um, The issue of uh, youth unemployment, he promised for the Youth uh, Employment Service, and it happened, it was launched uh, uh, on the 27th of March, 2018. Um, When it comes to um, the issue of uh, health, uh, he said he will initiate additional 2 million people on antiretroviral treatment by December 2020. Apparently that's underway. So they weren't
4: all empty promises. One has to look at the nature of the promises. To set up a summit to engage jobs is not the same thing as creating jobs. The priority is to create jobs. Simple. How many jobs have been created through the initiatives that he's undertaken? That's the measure. But again, I agree with you. We we tend to be very harsh on President Ramaphosa (laughs) because he does seem to be uh, the person, the leader who who has the 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 skills the personality the charisma the intelligence to do the hard work that needs to be done so our expectations are high our demands are high we 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 we, we criticizing because we hope he succeeds and we want to put pressure so that he can do what, what needs to be done. So in that sense, we sometimes do come across uh, as harsh. He has achieved a lot. The commissions, the Zondo, the, the PRC commission, has, has put into the public eye a range of malfeasance which we previously didn't know about, and that is extremely positive, and hopefully that kind of activity will continue. The concerns are that he's quite tentative in tackling his opponents within the ANC. And if he doesn't, either before the election or after the election, he's going to be hamstrung by ANC politics. And I think that that is a a, a concern that many observers have. They're criticising him because they're saying, those guys aren't going away after the election. The NEC doesn't change with the national election. Whoever's there now is going to be there after the election. So tackle them and move forward instead of letting those power blocks in the ANC undermine you and obstruct you from achieving your goals. Mm.
1: Professor Ashman, what are your thoughts? Do you see this person called Sir Ramaphosa kind of trying to reshape things? I know you specialise in economics. Do you think he's good for the economy? Do you think tonight he'll be good for the economy?
2: Well, there's a... Because now we're working
1: on the politics of personality, aren't we?
2: Yeah. I mean, the... (laughs) The standard sort of mainstream analysis is you've got to keep the markets happy, you've got to keep the global markets happy, you've got to keep the credit ratings agencies happy, and so on. And I think he's popular in those sorts of quarters because they they think he's a steady pair of hands, and you know he's quite he's quite like I said he's an astute politician. He's 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 nobody's fool. So I think on that level, international capital quite quite likes him. But there's a price to pay if you just Endlessly introduce policies which don't frighten international capital, you carry on with a society of extreme and extraordinary poverty and inequality like like we're talking about. And so that's the, and I think there's a sort of developmental, a big big developmental question for the ANC is can it have a strategy to develop South Africa? Can it can it really think in terms of do, uh, uh, in, implementing the sorts of measures that are necessary? Because I think if you look at the top, I mean, there's a I mentioned white monopoly capital in the in the you know the old big old order big capital which is still around. Sure. But you know, possibly one strategy, which is not really my own strategy, would be to think right. Let's develop black capitalists. Let's have more black employers, more black investment, and so forth. But then how do you do that if you've got a free market ideology? Mm. And I think that's where they're trapped. And we've ended up with, if you like, the sort of BEE brigade, Mm. Ramaphosa's sort of crowd. The the irony, sure. Yeah. Or you've got the tenderpreneurs, pigs in the trough, Mm. we don't care what we do or what we make or anything as long as we're really, really rich. Sure. And neither of these really take the society Mm. and the economy forward. And I think that's the big issue that's really hard to answer.
1: Mm. Let me come to uh, Dr. Breakfast. Your thoughts there on the symbolism of uh, the man Cyril Ramaphosa tonight, what he stands for, but also with these contending issues around him.
3: Look, we have high expectations with regard to the president because we are coming from the so-called nine wasted years of uh, a of administration and people were traumatized in terms of how uh, the state was run um, so we think that now you know even though the way things are uh, is not the way things um, should be but at least um this kind of administration is some kind of a, a buffer from uh, where we were mm. um, so that's why we have a lot of um uh, expectations and we look up to um uh, the president but with regard to the economy look we we, we, we leave a capitalist mode of uh, production. Mm -hmm. So there is no way we can um, introduce, you know, reforms that are too radical. Otherwise, there might be a backlash from um, uh, the market um, uh, forces. But we we, we can restructure here um, 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 and there. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, I think what government can think about doing um, alongside the Reserve Bank, is maybe to change the inflation um, uh, targeting and not only focus on um, keeping uh, inflation between 3 to 6%, um, uh, but target unemployment. Because if you target unemployment and create jobs, then you are able to make people spend money um, uh, on the economy and by so doing, you are able to, to grow um, uh, the economy and thereby uh, mm. address uh, issues of
2: uh, inequality.
1: Mm. I see you shaking your head there professor Ashman.
2: well um there's a big there's a big big debate in economics, and there's a sort of standard narrative. I think the mainstream narrative is that really what what South Africa's got to do is to it's got to grow first. Um, It's got to attract foreign investment in order to grow. And in order to attract foreign investment, we've got to fix skills and education. Mm. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't fix education and skills. These are very important Mm. things. Mm. But it's like, let's start from these micro issues Mm. uh, and sort of try and make people more employable Mm. to somebody somewhere. And then we'll attract these funds in. That perspective ignores all the big macro issues sure. I've been talking about. Sure. And you can't, and the message, if you look at the World Bank's 2018 report on poverty and inequality in mm. South Africa, it's a huge report, lots of interesting things. It's like an elephant that gives birth to a mouse. Mm. Because what it says is, again, again repeats this message, mm. leave the macro alone, mm. it's fine, but we can fix the micro. Mm. Fixing the micro is not working, and mm. it's not going to address the severities of the, the crises that we're talking about. Yeah.
1: What are your sentiments to that? Because I, I agree, I mean, who's going to be the employer when you have these all-skilled people, which we already do have a whole lot of people who are professionals sitting outside and unemployable right now? Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Sarakinski, I'm going to give you the final say. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult issue here. And, but I think because we are tackling systematic issues and being realistic
4: around tonight. I think um, maybe a first step is to is to focus on the resources that the state has access to mm. as 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 an interim step to drive the economy mm. to create an environment for further investment mm. and i'm not talking here about using people's pensions mm. there are a number of of very good uh, SOEs like the industrial development corporation mm. with a track record going back 60 years of incredible achievement mm use that model and direct state resources into the economy in that way to create the opportunities to create the infrastructure to create the employment opportunities the 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 private sector will follow that lead yeah. once once state shows a determined uh, engagement to 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 do that clean up process Rail infrastructure mm. is, is a massive driver of, of economic growth. Mm. These, these railway lines to rural communities so, have killed development in rural parts of so, South Africa. Because so. so they're not functional. Anymore. They're not functional. It, it, mm. it limits opportunities yeah, for travel. It, so. it limits the flow of goods and services cheaply. Mm. So, so, so clean up, do those kinds of things from within the state. Create an environment that's conducive, and then you won't have to make the claims that you do at the road shows at Davos, <laughs> uh, because they will be watching, and they'll mm. say, oh, things are moving. The mm. infrastructure here enables mm. investment over a 20-year period. We'll get our ROI, because that's all they're interested mm. in. Mm. So the state has to take the lead here, mm. uh, and, and I think that that's where there's an incredible opportunity that, mm. that isn't being pursued as it ought to be.
1: Well, Cyril Ramaphosa has a big task ahead of him tonight. I think the whole country has uh, a huge task ahead of him, as we've heard all the different factors uh, from our guests. But that's where we're going to wrap it up. But thank you to Professor Samantha Ashman, uh, Associate Professor at the School of Economics at the University of Johannesburg. On the line thanks to Dr. Nzigelelo Breakfast, political analyst uh, from the Stellenbosch University. He's part of the School of Security and African Studies. And And uh, lastly, but not least, he's becoming our friend now here on African Dialogue. (laughs) It's not the first time he's been here. So thanks to Dr. Ivo Sarakinski, the Associate Professor at the Witt
0: School of Governance. Join Channel Africa today as we bring you live a South Africa State of the Nation address. The address to be delivered by South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa will be live from 1900 hours Central African time. Remember, from 1900 hours Central African time, a live broadcast of South African President Ramaphosa's State of the Nation speech. The live broadcast will be on Channel Africa, Shortwave, DSTV Channel 802, YouTube and Internet. Channel Africa bringing you the State of the Nation address from an African perspective.